And once again, I want to just pre-start it today. I want to encourage every person in this room to at least for a few moments find your way to the altar during the service. And by a few moments, at least a few minutes. Maybe 10 minutes. Maybe it'll be 30 minutes. Like, don't get in a rush. We're not going anywhere. So there'll be a moment today when you might be like, you know what, this might be my moment. Well, just go. And then you might go sit back down and God might be like, oh, oh, this is my moment. Then come back. Like, there's no problem. There is something that happens when we get out of the confines of our seat and we say, Lord, I'm going to take a move and a step towards you. Something happens. And it's not that God can't meet us where we are or in our seat, but oftentimes we can't quite meet with God unless we get out of our seat and we say, Lord, I don't like this. I just would prefer no one ever see me and I sit in my space. But something happens when we take a step and when we move. And there's going to be altars, there's going to be prayer teams. And I want to invite you, don't just stay in your seat, but let God lead you and uh, find a time to come to the altar. When we think about an altar, all through the Old Testament there were altars. And this is a place where man would meet with God in the temple. Once a year the high priest would be able to go in and what a cool moment that must have been. But throughout history, God has chosen to meet with us, with his people. And I want to be sure every person knows today that today God wants to meet with you. Today God wants to show up in your life. Today God wants to do something. And real quick, this altar is not the point of an altar. Like this is just here, it's an altar, a bunch of people will use it. You can make any place you want to an altar with the Lord. You can spend time with him. You can kneel before him. You can just sit in your chair at home and let that be your altar. Whatever it is, the altar is not about the stone little object or the wood place to kneel in front of a church. But it's when we go meet with God. Throughout the Old Testament, we see a couple of main reasons that people would go to an altar. And those would be, one, a sin sacrifice. If you didn't know it, we are broken, we are calloused, we have problems and issues. And if you don't see it in yourself, just ask your neighbor, or if you're, if you're married, ask your spouse. They can tell you all about your issues and your problems, right? Like, we all have our own things, and we need to come to the Lord. The sin sacrifice would bring those in the Old Testament back into connection with God. And today I am thankful. I hope we're all thankful in the room. I'm thankful that we don't have to have any altar and fire and put any animals on there. In fact, I'm sure we would get shut down by PETA or something would come after us. So praise the Lord. He knew what he was doing. We don't have to do that anymore because Jesus came, right? But this sin sacrifice and the second one is a praise sacrifice, just telling God of his goodness, telling God of how awesome he is. And that's what Sunday morning we get to come so often and consistently and give him praise and give him worship. And we make an altar. We put a place before us. In fact, just like a bunch came forward, I want you to know that anytime we are in this room, the altar is always open. And you do not have to stay in your seat. Feel free to get out of your seat and to get comfortable. I just, I love watching those who dance in the room, James, uh, Pastor Ethan, others, like you can only do so much in this much space. Sometimes you have to get out. In fact, Pastor Ethan, he's like, I'm just going to sit on the front row. That way he's got a whole dance pad right here. Whatever the Lord would do, we're ready to roll, right? And let's put ourselves in a place where like, Lord, we're going to give you praise and glory and honor. Altars were also made as a remembrance place. 
where God would show up and they would say, oh boy, we're going to put like a stone, an altar, something that we will remember from generation to generation. And there may be things in your life that you may not have an actual altar that you built, but in your mind that you say, Lord, you did this and I'll tell everybody I possibly can about this. I'll tell everybody I possibly can. In fact, this morning during uh, rehearsals, the band was playing and Michael was talking, I think about one of his friends up here, who did and one worship service, just did this awesome drum thing and it was amazing. He's like, I'm going to tell everybody I can about that. And I'm going to tell it at your wedding as well. Right? It's going to be some. He remembers how much more when God shows up and moves and reveals himself that we should say, Lord, this is going to be an altar. This is going to be a moment. And at my dying day, I'm going to tell somebody about what God did. I'm going to tell him about the goodness of who he is, how he changed me and transformed me. But whenever we came to an altar in the word, there always was the choice of, am I going to serve God or am I going to serve whatever else it was? Whatever God or whatever thing or whatever stone or whatever person. And the question that we still today have when we come to the altar is, are we going to give everything we have to Jesus? Are we going to give him all of who we are or are we going to do our own thing? And you know, it's kind of interesting that I think in our life, it's easy to be in a place where we might decide this very often. In fact, every time I come before the Lord and I'm in a worship environment, I think, Lord, am I going to like really worship you today, give you everything, or am I just here just to kind of walk through the motions? I mean, I don't know if it's something I like outwardly think, but I can either stand there or I can say, Lord, I'm not just going to be here just to be here, but I want you to do something in my life. And today I'm not here for any other reason, all the other things that might be happening, but Lord, I'm here to let you show up in my life. And I choose on this Sunday morning, the 14th of January, I choose to give you all of who I am, which means, Lord, you might ask me to do something a little different than normal, which means you might ask me to do something that I don't actually want to do. Did you know that God's good at that? That's like his specialty in, in, in us. And if I, Lord, ask me to do something that, you, that I don't normally want to do, I'll do it. I'll do anything. And I pray not only here. In fact, this should be the easy place. But Lord, tomorrow morning when I'm at work or in the marketplace in some way, Lord, would you speak to me and I want to do whatever you have for me to do. And let me encourage you today. If you want God to use you out there, this is the safest place you can possibly be to say, Lord, you speak, I'll do it. Because you're around a whole bunch of people that love you and care for you. And even if it's like, hey, that's a little weird. I don't know that that was God. It's going to be teaching and growing for the next time anyways. That's not bad. That's a good thing. That's a win in the house. And so I want to encourage us. I say I'm not for wooey things or weird things. That's not my, my jam. But man, I would rather have God move and something be a little weird than have none of God. And we get to be comfortable and sit here and say, oh, that was very safe today. I don't like safe. That's not my thing. So Lord, you do what you only can do when we decide to worship you. And you know what's great from Old Testament to New Testament? I mentioned it's no more goats and lambs and all of that stuff because there's a new way to worship God. In Matthew 27, 51, Jesus breathing his last on the cross and behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. And all of a sudden, it wasn't a high priest. Jesus became our high priest, and he ripped that curtain, which means that today we get to go right in and visit with Jesus. We get to go right in and visit with God like once a year used to happen for one individual. Now all of us 
get to go in and experience God, which means, church, there's nobody in this room that can say, uh, God's not going to come meet with me. God won't talk to me. Well, he died for you so that you can visit with him. So I'm going to just go out on a limb and say you can experience him today. If you just say yes, don't talk God out of doing what God already has given to you, which is really talking yourself out of receiving all of God. No matter what has happened, where you've been, what situation you've been in, God wants to show up in your life and bring healing today. Don't let what you've done cause, create the destiny of your future, but let what God did, let what Jesus did on the cross create your destiny, which means today you're going to go experience the power and the presence of Jesus. He's our perfect high priest in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. This is a really good verse. But without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Church, he is our high priest and we get to come boldly and not bring all the good things. Oh, that's fun when we can say, oh Lord, I don't remember anything crazy this week I did. But it says for mercy. It says for grace. It says in time of need, we get to go before the Lord and he shows up for us. And you know, when I think about an altar and I think about a time at an altar, an altar revival service, and then my life going forward, it is all about our heart. It is all about connecting with God and letting him change us and transform us and make us new. In fact, when I think about Radiant Life Church, when I think about my wife and I, our marriage, when I think about parenting, when I think about any relationship, when I think about my job or my finances, it all starts with my heart. And my question that I have for us today is, are we a church and are you an individual that you have given God every part of your heart and he has transformed your heart and made you new? Will we be a church of people with new hearts? Romans 12, 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Church, our hearts must be changed and be made to look like his. Sir, in the room, how is your heart? I don't care about your finances. I don't care about your health. I, don't, I mean, I care about those things. But in the spirit, I don't care about those things. How's your heart? Have you given Jesus every part of your heart? Don't give him a little bit. Don't give him a part. Have you given him all? Ma'am in the room, how's your heart? I don't how good, I care how good you feel you are as a parent or how good you are at your job. How is your heart? Have you given him every part of who you are? The biggest lie you can believe is you just need to follow your heart. We tell our kids this. We tell our youth this. We tell ourselves that. That is the worst advice you could possibly give. And in fact, students here on the second and third row and anybody else that's a student in the room, that is terrible. Do not follow your heart. 
And if you want to know why, I can say very confidently, do not follow your heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Shall we follow our heart, church? That is a lie from Satan. And desperately sick, who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. And church, I want you to know, don't follow your heart, but follow what the Lord puts in you and what the Lord transforms your heart to be. Follow the power of God in your life and you will miss so much pain and suffering and problems in your life. If you're single in the room and you want to be married, don't follow your heart and say, oh, they make me feel so good. (laughs) Great. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm happy for you. But are they who God has called you to marry? Have you put them in light of the word of God? Do they know him? Are you equally yoked with them? Have you, they experienced God in a similar way of you where you can then iron sharpen iron one another? Because if not, I don't care how good they make you feel, it's a lie of Satan that that's good for you. And if you're not married in the room, you find out real fast once you're married how good of a choice you made. Like you get to find out real fast. I'm so thankful that after one year, Rachel and I figured out how this marriage thing works, and it became easy. It only took one year. I think that's pretty good. We were 18 and 19 years old. We were super young. We were going from Central Bible College right down the road, actually, from Evangel uh, in Springfield, Missouri, where all those guys came from. It was, it was awesome. We had no clue what we were doing, but we were, knew we were coming here, and we knew that it was going to work out. Our hearts were good. We had to figure all, all the other stuff out. Right? And if you say, oh, my heart tells me, my heart's drawing me, my heart's calling me, I would take that worth a grain of salt. Who really cares? What is God speaking to you? What is God talking to you? What is God pouring into you? Let that be what you take. And all of a sudden, your relationships, your marriage for sure, like that would be pretty big. Be sure it's a God-ordained, God-called, God-person for you to marry or else single, Paul says, is not a bad way to go. Right? Like God only, God's plan, not me, not mine, not my heart. God wants to take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. He wants to turn us from people who don't have it together and who our heart is deceitful above all things and make it something that loves and cares and pours out blessing. It happens by coming to an altar and experiencing Jesus. It has it as, by walking in the Spirit on a daily basis. It has it by not saying, oh, I feel good here, so I'm going to do it. Uh, I, I don't know. How close are you to Jesus? Because if you're not too close, that's probably the exact opposite. But when I get close to Jesus, all of a sudden my heart changes. And I say, I do feel good. I do experience Him. Someone is touched here. So then I can start to say, Lord, it's not my heart. It's your heart in me. And now I can start following God through my heart. And that's when life gets fun. But it's not just about feelings and about what I want. It's about coming to an altar and experiencing him. So my question for us today is, do you and do we have a new heart from Jesus? And there's the first moment, we're going to have a moment in a minute where we give our lives to Jesus. We make him the Lord of our life. He becomes everything. And that is Awesome. That's the most important thing. Today, if you've never given Jesus control and made him Lord of your life, I want to encourage you. Today is the day. Don't wait. 
But can I say today that it's not about one moment and one prayer at some altar or with some person or in your room by yourself when you're crying out to the Lord. It is a consistent walk with the Lord of Lord, sanctify me, purify me, make me new, make me holy, make me righteous in your sight. It's Lord, I'm thankful. We say justification just as if it never happened. When we give our lives to him, it's like our sin to God is gone. But there's the other side, that sanctification, the consistent work of his spirit in our life. Have we given him control to change us and to mold us and to make us? And when we find out that the word of God speaks something different than what we thought or what we were taught or what our culture would say or what our parents would say, then we say, Lord, my heart's not aligned with you and therefore I come before you and I give you every part of me and every part of who I am. And when it didn't go how I thought it would go, Lord, I lay myself down before you. Change my heart because I can't do this on my own. And I just want to say when I come to an altar of revival service and yesterday praying right here with 25 or so, we had a great time in the presence of Jesus. It's Lord, would you make my heart aligned with yours? We actually prayed, I don't want it to be about me or any other person in this room or any worship leader. Lord, I want you to show up in me because if it's just what's on a paper or preparation, it's just a normal thing longer. But Lord, I don't want that. I don't want any service to be that. I want you to show up in my life. So Lord, would you make my heart new and right before you? And Lord, would you remove things in me that are calloused and wrong? Would you remove deceitful and desperately sick elements of my life and heart? Because I don't want those things. And how can we come in your presence and just experiencing you, experience you if we are just kind of making it? We're here and there's good moments and we love music or, or we love times with Jesus. So yeah, he's going to move anyways to some level. But what happens when we come and we say, Lord, I lay it all out before you? Not one part of me. Not one part of what I think in my brain. And you know, I mentioned, I didn't write this down. It's not in my notes, but our heart. But sometimes our brain is the same exact thing. Sometimes our brain and these things that we've learned and we think that we're wise and we think that we have all this wisdom and we think even if it's in studying the word, like sometimes we have knowledge, but have we let Jesus turn that into what he would have for us? And sometimes we have to say, Lord, would you let my brain just shut it down for a few moments. I just want to experience you. And when we let God show up, then all of a sudden, all of the knowledge and the wisdom gets put in line with the word of God. And that knowledge and wisdom isn't any longer just stuff I know, but it's stuff that can then be used and can be poured out. And it's stuff that's a blessing to me rather than a hindrance to me. But sometimes too much knowledge can be hard, can be difficult. What do I do with all of this? And sometimes we've got to come before the Lord Say, Lord, I pour my heart out. I pour my mind. I pour every part of me out. Make me new. Make me whole. Make me right before you. The power of God. He wants to show up in your life. When I think about the word and I think about this question, a heart like, uh, like God's or is a heart like stone, and I think of Isaiah chapter 6, and actually last altar revival service I spoke more heavily on this. But he went and the, the people of Israel, they needed God. God wanted to do something. They, they wanted to get back to where they should be. And, and Isaiah was sent to preach to them. But then he had this vision. He saw the throne room. He saw God. He saw and he knew he was in a place where he should not be because you can't be in the presence of God. And this was before the veil was torn and it was terrifying. And he literally was just, I don't know what to do, scared out of his mind. And the 
angel came and got the coal from the altar and put it on his lips. And when he did, instead of it, his uncleanness changing that, it went the other direction. It's what Jesus does that now he makes us new and whole. And his healing comes and heals us. And his salvation comes and saves us rather than us making everything impure. But when you think of Isaiah, all of a sudden he wasn't any longer concerned with the world and what they needed. He wasn't any longer concerned with this call that he had on his life to preach. He was concerned with himself. And truly he was concerned with coming out alive. If we really boil it down. Because I'm in a place I should not be. Because I'm not holy enough or good enough to be anywhere near the throne room of God. And when he realized this, it became, Lord, would you do something new in me and not their hearts, but Lord, would you do something in my heart? Lord, not that person, but right here, would you do something in me? Even though he was called to bring the good news to them, to share what God was saying, he called out, Lord, help me do something here. And when we come to an altar, I think there's three big things that we're going to look up. We're going to look to Jesus. We're going to look in. Lord, do something in me. And then we get to be people that go out. But oftentimes we want to flip that around and we want to go out. We want to go out and do something. Or maybe we'll look to Jesus, but we don't want this to be transformed. We want that, whatever that is, to be transformed. And we're never going to experience all that God has for us until we say, Lord, I'm going to look to you And I don't care what is going on around me. I don't care what my world or my situation looks like. I don't care what my finances look like or my health looks like. Lord, I'm looking to you and I need my heart renewed and made new. I need this changed. I need this to be renewed because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter unless my heart is made new. And Isaiah, being in the presence of God, understood this. It turned him to brokenness for himself. And when you see the Lord, it will turn you to brokenness of your heart. We can't know what to do or say unless we have the heart of Jesus. We can't know. We can't know where to go. We can't know what our next step should be. We can't know what our calling is. We can't know any of that unless we say, Lord, right here in my heart. In fact, students and everybody else, it would count for today. If you're like, I just need to know. I need to know what I'm going to do with my life. I just need to know what that looks like. I need to know what the next step is. Let me just encourage you. You can keep asking that. That's good. But just ask the Lord, would you renew me? Would you change my heart? Would you make my heart everything that it should be? Because when you get the heart of God, all that stuff will work itself out. If you're trying to figure out what you're going to do in five or ten years and you've never and you don't consistently, you don't constantly let him renew your heart, then we're going to get sidetracked, and all of a sudden money sounds more important than what God has called. Once again, this person makes me feel good, so God, I know that's probably not it, but they make me feel really good because my heart's not staying where it should be. And there's a constant tug of war in our life to be with with the things that we think are going to make us happy and to be truly who God has called us to be. And today, church, let's let our hearts line with His. If we want to see lasting revival, we must individually let God start with our hearts. I recently heard this story of a a revivalist, a, a young man. Now, when he was a kid, he had issues. <laughs> His dad was in jail. He had all the problems you could possibly have in the world. And this young man, he was in a place where he just needed something. And his dad, when he was in prison, someone came and preached the word. 
Someone came and this dad got saved. And when he got out of jail, he went home and he told his family about Jesus. And they all came to know him. And this young man gave his heart to Jesus and felt called to ministry and called to what God has. And, and in their day, the Salvation Army, he was a missionary that was sent all over the place for the Salvation Army. And literally thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people came to know him. He made over 50 trips between America and Britain and back and forth, sharing the goodness of God and the power of God. And in a day, you didn't just get in a plane and fly. I mean, that was a big deal to do. He was used mightily by God and people would pray and or people would ask him, what do I I do? What do I do? And he would say, I'll go into any city. I'll go into this place. And before I do anything, before I'll pray or preach or even know where I'm going to preach, he says, I'm going to find a place on a sidewalk where I can have some time. He'd get down on the floor and he would draw himself a circle. And he would say, inside of this circle, inside of this place, God, would you make new and would you make whole right here? He'd say, you have to start with me. You have to start in my heart and in this community. It's not about the community, but Lord, in my life, would you make me new? And you know what? Until he would go and he would spend hours, days, maybe even weeks by himself in the presence of God with his heart being changed and he wasn't going to do anything because he understood it was his heart that needed to be made new. And the next community, Lord, start right here. He never got to a place where he was too big to spend time with Jesus, where he's too big to understand it's my heart. Sometimes I think we come to an altar and we say one time, I'm good. God did it. And this guy understood, no, I need the power of God consistently and constantly in my life. Make me new. Do something in me. Psalm 139, verses 28, or 23 and 24 say, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God. Try me. See if there's anything in me. Jeremiah says there is stuff that's not good. So Lord, remove it from me. I don't want it to be a part. And this morning as we look to our altar time and as we spend time in the presence of Jesus right now, as we give him all glory and honor and power, my question is, are we a church that will come before the Lord and say, search me? Are we a church where we'll come before him and say, change my heart? Are we a church where we'll let the power of God do something supernatural within us because we realize it has nothing to do with me? It has nothing to do with me as your pastor or Michael and Rachel and Amanda and Hayden who are leading worship today. It has nothing to do. It has to do, are we willing and ready to come before him? And the worship team is making their way back up here. And I want to encourage today that every one of us, we have the opportunity to come before him and to draw a circle Maybe not actually on the carpet. I don't think Pastor Dave would like that. But in the spirit, we all can draw a circle. And we can say, Lord, anything inside of this circle right here, that's me, nothing else. Doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter anything else. Right here inside of this circle, would you make my heart new? Would you change me? Would you transform me? And I believe God will. In fact, I know he will. He's already done it. He's already won the victory. He's already done it in your life. So let's let him change us and transform us. And Rodney Smith was his name. 
He understood the importance. And today, if we can understand the importance of our heart being transformed, then we can experience, experience the power of God. And I believe today we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit and there's going to be some people that are filled with the Holy Spirit like we see in Acts 1-8 prayed for and Acts 2 Four and following poured out. I believe today we are going to see awe and wonder fall in this place. I believe there will be miracles and there's going to be supernatural things that take place. I believe that people are most importantly going to give their life to Jesus like in the second part of Acts. And if you've never given your life to him, my prayer is today, draw a circle. Lord, is there anything in me? And we are nothing apart from God and his salvation. So today, Lord, make me new. I believe that someone's going to be called into ministry today or maybe called to go overseas. Maybe short term, but maybe for the rest of your life that today God is going to call you. All things we see in the book of Acts. I believe some people are going to be set free in a supernatural way today. By the power of God, your anger, your tongue, alcohol, I don't know, whatever it is. I believe it's going to be set free. I believe like we see in Paul, in, in Acts, in Paul in Acts 20, that when he had to say goodbye, there's been some goodbyes that have been painful in your life. But with the power of God, he can sweeten and even make us understand in a new way why or what. And maybe it's not a good thing. Maybe it was terrible, but God can walk with us. And he's going to sweeten even some goodbyes in our life. We are going to pray and see God. But first, right here is where we're going to be. In fact, I want to ask us today that every person in this room would go and would find a place. And in fact, there's enough space. This altar, turn around at your seat, although the seat can get too comfortable. At least move a, a few seats over. But find an aisle. There's space in this room. Could we turn this place into a prayer time, a prayer place where we start with, Lord, change my heart. Lord, search me, oh God. Know me, try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's anything grievous in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So Lord, today we ask you right now, begin to let faith arise within us. Lord, we do not want our heart. We don't want to follow our heart. Lord, if it's not your plan and your call, we don't want it. We want nothing to do with it. So Lord, we pray, Lord, that even things we were taught as a small child, if it's not your word, Lord, we reject those things. If we were taught as a young person, it's not your word, we reject those things. Lord, if someone did something to us and it caused us to doubt, Lord, if it's not your word, we reject those things and ask for healing in those areas. Lord, if it's not what our culture would say, but Lord, if it's not your word, we say culture doesn't win. You win. Change our heart. Lord, if we've let things from our past be what our destiny is, we just think it's what it'll be. Lord, we reject it if it's not your word and what you would speak over us. Lord, we ask that Acts, the book of Acts, Lord, would be real in us. We'd be filled with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, the power of God, the truth of who you are would be poured out in us, God. Lord, that you would fill us and let us be people that when we speak your word, people come to know you. Lord, let us be people and let us be a church, God, that we, we want to see an event in the life of our church where 3,000 people come to know you, God. Lord, we ask you, you've done it then, you'll do it now and today, maybe for one or two or three today that would say yes to you, God. We ask you that just like your word, it would happen. Search us, God. Lord, we ask you that where our hearts struggle to believe that you can heal our anxiety or our depression or our suicidal tendencies in our life, God, your word, you've already won it. It's done in the name of Jesus. So let's believe with our heart what you put in us, not what we've had put in it by the world around us. 
Lord, bring healing and wholeness. Lord, where we don't know if you can heal cancer, or we don't know if you can accomplish it, or we don't know if you can put our arm back, or we don't know if our back will ever not hurt again. Lord, today let us stand on your word. Everywhere you went, you did miracles, even places where it says that people didn't have faith. You did a few miracles and then moved on. So Lord Jesus, in most of those places said you healed all that came. So Lord, today we ask for all to be healed that would have faith, all today. Lord Jesus, let our faith arise in this room. Lord, we need you. Lord Jesus, we need you. Lord Jesus, we need you. Before we spread out in this room, I just want to ask, is there anybody in the room today that you'd say, I've never given my life to Jesus? And if we could just be in a place of prayer as a church. If you say, I've never given my life to Jesus, there's no greater thing. That's why we are here. It's on the front when you walk in the door. One more for Jesus. And if you say, I've never given my life to Jesus, I want to make him the Lord of my life. Then right now, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand all over this room. If there's anybody, you'd say, I've never given my life to Jesus. Right now, with boldness, would you raise your hand? Anybody in the room? We don't want to move forward until the most important thing is, is taken care of. He loves you. We're going to give a second. Anybody? Come on. Then I'm going to assume we are all believers. We're all followers of Jesus today. So what I want to ask us, can we just stand all over this room? And can I ask you, can you find a place? And you may even get on the ground. Would you just draw a circle with your fingers on the floor? Would you find a place? Would you kneel at an altar? Would you find a place at the front on these stairs over here? The front row, turn. Would you find a place in this aisle? Maybe if you need to, right where you are, turn around. But do something different. Would you find a place to get alone with God? And before we sing a song, before we do anything else, before we ask Holy Spirit to move in a, a, and fill people with his power today, would you get alone with him? And we're just going to have some moments of just what we have right now. Just some time for us to get alone in the presence of Jesus. And so, Lord, before we have quiet, Lord, I pray that every person in this place would experience you in a personal way. Lord, there's nobody in this place that's done too much. There's nobody in this place that's too far gone. There's nobody, in, and that's, that's a lie from the devil. That's not you or your word. So Lord, today, right now, as they get alone with you, as they have that, that spiritual circle around them, make our hearts new. Search us, oh God. Free us. Jesus, we need you right now. So Lord, as I'm gonna be quiet, Lord, would you speak? And church, I wanna encourage you Speak to Jesus. Speak to him in just a normal way. It doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be the word like just spitting out of you. Just talk to him. What do you need? We're going to take a few minutes just to be alone with Jesus right now.